0: I know I'm going to get got, but I'm going to get mine more than I get got, though. Welcome back, guys. This is episode 26 of Lock It or Leave It. Great week. We had Matt Nelson on the podcast. So before you listen to this one, go check that one out. But without further ado, I'm your host, Jay, and joining me as usual is my co host, Cam. What's going on, man?
1: What's up, Jay? We got a great episode today. I think this one's going to get some good controversy, and we should uh, get some nice debate going. So uh, let's get into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's just start off with our guests. First off, let's start with Chad. Chad, how are you doing, man?
2: Doing great. Sadly, I missed uh, the last interview with Matt, but I'm excited to be back, uh, especially for this one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And talking about that, we have our next guest, Aaron. Talk a little, talk a little to us about Matt and uh, how you know him and uh, how the podcast works.
3: Yeah, so the podcast went really well. Uh, I know Matt used to play baseball with him back in the day, uh, traveled ball. played against him in high school all the time. We're from the same little area. Uh, and actually, he's been going off since we did the podcast. They've had two games. They won both of them, and he hit a home run in both of those games. So lock it or leave it, confirm good luck charm. If you're an athlete listening to this and you want to come on the pod, you want to get a little hot tree going,
0: hit us up, man. You know where to find us. Yeah, absolutely. So last but not least, we have a new guest for us. That is Nairi. She is the creator of Speak Sports. She's a blog where she writes about important news and sports. Nairi, thanks for coming on and go ahead and share the website and your social media outlets.
4: Hi. Yeah. So as Jay said, I'm Nyree. I also have my own sports blog. I drop articles on the weekly. So if you're interested, follow my Instagram at speaksports underscore. And uh, for updates, subscribe to my blog at www.speaksports.org.
0: Perfect. So with that being said, we're going to talk today about our top 10 NBA players under 25. 25 25-year-olds don't count. And this is projected, not current this is not who's best right now but how we feel they will fare out in the future that being said we gonna take a quick break and when we come back we will discuss this topic so don't go anywhere okay so we are back and let me just tell you this was extremely hard for me to do i was just sitting staring at my screen trying to figure out which spots some people should go moving somebody up moving somebody down watching a game switching it back to how it was from before so a lot of great topics we're going to talk about, but let's start off with the number one player under 25. I have Luka Doncic. Does anybody have any uh, any controversy or any debate about that? I'll start with you, Nairi. How do you feel about Luka being the best player under um, 25?
4: Yeah, I actually put him as my first player, too. Um, I feel like it's a sin not to put him as number one, just considering the numbers he's putting up. I mean, it's his third year in the NBA, two-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year. He- showing us that he could do it all so i see a lot of potential growth even though he's as skilled and as good as he is right now but he's i mean his numbers aren't he's averaging 28 8 and 9 or something like that which is absolutely crazy for his third year in the nba
0: yeah so with luca the conversation shouldn't be top 10 under 25 it should be top 10 overall because he is top 10 overall not just 25 I mean, seeing what he did last year in the bubble, playing against the Clippers, going ISO against Kawhi, PG and serving him buckets. It's not only the scoring, not the passing, but he's also a great rebounder. Aaron, what do you want to add on to that? Uh,
3: I know Cam doesn't agree with this because we talked about it before, but I agree with Nairi here that I think there's room for growth in Doncic's game um, on the scoring end. His efficiency is good, but I feel like there's a lot better it can be. He still has some bad shot selection takes some iffy shots sometimes, doesn't make ones he should. So I think there's some growth available there as well. I definitely have him at number one though. Chad, what do you think?
2: I think there's IQ growth for sure. Uh, As for skill, I just, I don't see, you know, besides like little, you know, nitty gritty things, how much better he could get. But somebody that I do see a lot of skill growth potential is Zion. And that's why he's my number one, Uh, just because he is so dominant and has, those physical features that you can't teach, you know, you got to be born with. So that's personally why I have him at my number one, but yeah.
1: So one thing I also have, I agree with you guys. I do have Luca as my number one. It was very close between him and Zion, but my main, my, and Aaron, well, I want to preface what you said. I, do, I did say that I don't think Luca can really take another huge leap. I do believe he can still get marginally better doing like the small things. Like, as, as you said, like you mentioned shot selection, he still has to take, he's still taking bad shots, but he has missed time due to Kristaps being out. And like, he really doesn't have a whole lot of help out there. So, I mean, I do understand it. And I do think he will improve marginally. I just don't see him taking another large step.
3: I don't think he has to, though, um, even if he doesn't take another big step. I think he's already proven himself. I don't think he's got to do much else at this point.
0: Yeah, I think what we see around the league is that we have a lot of young players who don't have that second guy who's just just as good as them. We have KD and Kyrie. You have LeBron and AD. You have all these duos in the league, but Luka doesn't have that other guy. We thought it was going to be Kristaps, but it's not, so... The Luka we see right now, I truly think that is good enough to reach the Western Conference finals. It's just who's going to be his running mate in the future to be able to do that. So let's just uh, keep on going to number two, because Chad, you said you had him at number one, but I have him at two, Zion Williamson. What's important to me about Zion is he's averaging 26, seven, and three on 61% field goal percentage, which is absolutely absurd. And he's not shooting terribly from the three. His attempts aren't high at all, but he's shooting 33% for the season. And what's good is he's averaging 29-7-4 and post-All-Star. So we're seeing that after the All-Star break, he came back, and he's playing even better than he did from before. How do we feel about Zion? Let me start with you, Aaron. Uh, I got him number two
3: as well. Uh, I feel like there's, an, there's a pretty obvious, easy comparison here, and that's young LeBron James. This kind of athleticism, it's a once-in-a-generational thing. He's starting to show off the handle a little bit. His playmaking is getting better since he's been in the league. And if he gets a three point shot and a little bit a little bit more playmaking, the ability to create his own shot, I mean this guy's the limit for this guy. I think his potential honestly is higher than Luca, but I think he has a much lower floor than Luca.
0: yeah, so that brings the question up. I'm gonna ask Nairi this and then pass it to Cam and Chad. If you could put any player with Zion Williamson, who would it be in the league?
4: Um, okay, honestly, this is might be a little. But I'm the biggest Russell Westbrook fan. I feel like Zion needs, I mean, Russ needs a big to distribute to down low in the paint. Good at that. So I would say Russ, but that's also selfish for me because I just want Russ to be successful. But I also wanted to touch on Zion because Zion this past season has been one of my favorite players to watch because I feel like the league is losing the big man Losing the bigs, like attacking in the paint. I mean, we just changed the full like shooting game, which I'm not the biggest fan of. But I mean, I just like how dominant he is. I mean, he kind of avoids, ignores the three-point perimeter shooting, which I like because he has the body. He has the dominance. So take it in, post up. That's what a big should be doing. That's exactly what he's doing. And that's why I also add him as number two on my list.
0: Yeah, so Chad and Cam, if you could add any player to pair with Zion, who would it be?
1: Okay, so me and Chad were talking about this, and Jay, you like this. We actually decided on I like I do like the Russell Westbrook comparison because he does need somebody that's gonna like set him up as a great playmaker with good vision. But we're gonna go on the younger side here. We like Lamelo to pair with Zion, honestly. Because his vision, the way he moves the ball. Imagine that Lob City game with those two. Like, the creativity that Zion has in the air and, like, with the vision. Like, I don't know if you – we were watching the Pelicans game today and Lonzo literally threw a lob to Zion from half court. You know LaMelo would be doing that same thing, except he'd be, like, bouncing it off the ground and stuff. Like, it'd be like an all-star game every show. It would make make them have to watch – team and i think any playmaker with insane vision would be great and zion is my number two as well
2: so what do you think chad i love the fact that they're 19 and 20 years old so i think they can grow together and you know even though i think they'll have chemistry immediately out the gate they'll just grow and just have it that much longer
0: yeah well a couple of things Lamelo is one of those players who people want to go play with him i get it's charlotte i get it's a small market but hey LaMelo's the type of player where he's unselfish. He likes his teammates. Whenever you see Miles Bridges do a dunk, he's the first guy who's celebrating with him. When you're talking about LaMelo and Zion, I don't know if there would be another one-two punch like that on the fast break other than prime Dwayne Wade House of Highlights with LeBron James. Other than that, I don't know who would rival those alley-oops between LaMelo and Zion. So uh, the one thing I want to say before I pass it to you, Cam, was people call Zion baby Shaq and I think you need to put a little more respect on his name because I love Shaq, but Zion can hit his free throws. He shoots 70% this season. You can't do hack a Shaq on Zion. He's going to make 7 out of 10. So uh, I think although they are just as dominant inside, Zion definitely has those guard skills that Shaq does not, Cam.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I also like that you mentioned his, uh, obviously we know he's a dominant interior force, but I think where Zion can really take that next step is with his handles and his playmaking, because that's what really sets him apart from, I know Aaron made the LeBron James comparison. And as though he's not my favorite player, I can't argue with, with that. I definitely see that in his game, which is why if he could take that step to handle the ball the way LeBron does and get his vision at least near that level, I think that would really help him
0: one thing that i think zion desperately needs is a patented move right now we're just seeing him bulldoze everybody it's just straight line speed you know what's coming but you can't stop it at a certain point when they build that wall you need a turnaround hook you need a post fade you need some type of mood that you can really make elite and use as a go-to move down the stretch aaron how do you feel about that
3: i honestly disagree on this one um I think, you know, the, the NBA is trending smaller and smaller and smaller every year. Zion's playing center and he's 6'6". I think as we see the league get shorter and smaller and it's more shooting based, more perimeter oriented, I think Zion's going gonna to be able to bully his way down there. And I think teams are going to let him do that because we'll take the two instead of the three. You know, I mean, it's simple math. Three is greater than two. So I think Zion is, what he's doing right now is pretty sustainable in my opinion.
0: Well, talking about the three, let's just hop right into the third pick because my third pick, as much as this pains me to do, and Cam and here for this at the moment, Jason Tatum. What I saw out of Jason Tatum last night, going toe-to-toe with Stephen Curry, going shot for shot on ESPN National Television with Steph Curry, and winning that game, coming up big. Man, I, I would, for the longest was the Devin Booker over Jason Tatum bandwagon, but the more I see it, I just... I have to admit, Cam, you were right, man. What do you want to add on? The timing was immaculate. I am so glad Tatum
1: decided to go off for 44 the night before we had to record this pod because that's fresh in everybody's mind. Jay, welcome to the good side. Join the club. Jason Tatum is also my number three, and I'm uh, I'm happy to see that our lists are so far aligning, Jay, because it's rare that we agree on this many things together. But I think you're exactly right. Nobody can stop his, he's got that, he kind of looks like a little KD out there, is that he goes back to that same move, step back to the same side every single time. You know it's coming. He has one move. He still has to clean up the shot selection, I think, but 41% from three, he can do everything. Like, that's my guy.
0: Yeah, it's not even a step back. It's a sidestep. It's crazy. He just steps to the side. He doesn't even step back, but with his length, you're not blocking the shot. Nairi, tell me why, if you want Jason Tatum or Devin Booker, and tell me, who do you take and why?
4: Um, I also had Jason Tatum as my third pick. I didn't – I mean, I figured the beginning of our list would look pretty similar, and then they would kind of differentiate as the list continued. The thing I noticed about Jason Tatum is that he could start a game going, like, for five points in the first half and then, like, score 24 in the fourth quarter, which is crazy because he could close out games – But one thing I would say about Jason Tatum that's going to take his game to the next level is just learning how to draw more fouls. And I say that because that is like what makes a player an elite player. I mean, if you see like Kyrie Irving, KD, LeBron, like they take those shots where they know sometimes they can't execute it. They're getting that foul and they're going to the line. So I think that's the one thing that's going to make him an elite player. But yeah, he's also my number three.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. A lot of players, when they come in the league, they're averaging 16, 17, and then they talk to some of the stars, and then what happens? Two, three years later, they're averaging 25. Why? Because the free throw line. Because they realize that I can get seven, eight free throws a game. I can get my points per game up just like that. But for me, my one gripe against Tatum is he needs to learn how to pass out of the double team. There's too many times where he tries to go iso. He tries to do a spin back, and when the spin comes, the double is waiting for him. So you got to be able to make that pass cross court, whichever way it is. Cause I see too many turnovers out of Jason Tatum when he kind of gets knocked up and doesn't know where to go.
1: Yeah, I do agree with you, Jay, on that point. And I'm so glad Nairi that you brought up the free throw thing, because I was also going to mention that if you're going to be an elite player, you got to have, he only averages 4.5 free throw attempts per game. Like that is not enough for how much time he spends on the floor. And I understand a lot of his shots. He's got to be, or like step backs, deep twos, which I'm not a fan of, as we already know. But he's got to be getting to the line more and going to the rim. And that's that's where I really want to see him go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his shot selection really isn't ideal, but he's an elite shot maker. And the trajectory that Jason Tatum will go on is completely dependent on how good the Celtics bench in depth can be. Because we see their starting five. You have Jalen Brown, you have Marcus Smart, you have Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum. They're a good starting five, but you can't depend on Peyton Pritchard and Semi Ojale to give you these playoff minutes when they come down the stretch. You know, you need some guys, Trevor Ariza's of the world, some veterans who have been there before who can make that play when it comes up. They're on a six-game win streak, and I truly think that Jason Tatum can be the number one player on a championship team. I, I truly believe that. But let's go on to number four. Nyree, who's your number four and why?
4: Okay, so for my number four... I don't, ex- I don't know. I might expect a couple of you to have it, but I put Donovan Mitchell. Um, I put Donovan Mitchell because, I mean, one thing I noticed about Donovan Mitchell's game is that he has grit and he wants to get better. Every single time I see him on the floor, he wants to get better. Diving on the floor, diving in the bleachers, you always see him going for the ball, wanting that possession, wanting that play. Um, the one thing I have to say, he has been inefficient lately with his shooting, which – makes up a ugly shooting marks, but I see a lot of potential. I mean, he's leading the number one team in the NBA right now. They have the best record. He's the number one guy on the team. He's doing great things. I think with his leadership, I think he has a lot of room to grow as in his shooting outside shots, perimeter shots, but yeah, I see his potential being very high.
0: I like that. You uh, mentioned his grit because we saw in the bubble, like, when Murray went at him, he wasn't too happy about it. He went right back at him. You saw Chris Paul try to give him a high five after he missed a free throw. You say, get the fuck out of my face, man. Like, this isn't a game. This isn't, it's the fourth quarter. I need to make these. It's OT. These are crucial free throws. We're not We're not friends when the clock is still ticking down, you know, so I like that about him. How do we feel about Donovan Mitchell at four Cam? Donovan Mitchell is also my number four. Um, I
1: like to see that uh, I'm not by myself on this one because I thought I was going to be. And what I will say is I do agree the, the, the shooting numbers do need a little cleaning up, but the volume is there. He's shooting enough and they're still the number one seed. So the, it's what he's doing is leading to wins. And I like the trajectory he's on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Chad, you have anything to add on to that and maybe why he was chosen over Devin Booker?
2: Uh, I, I really like Mitchell. I think, you know, grit is definitely the number one thing. I mean, you got to want it. You know, That's the number one thing, the Mamba mentality, you know? It's all about how much you care and how much you want to put into the game. Um, but for my pick, uh, it, it differs from that. I actually pick, I hate on him a decent amount, but he's good at everything else besides shooting. Uh, I got Ben Simmons at, at number four, believe it or not. Uh, I think he's an elite, def- he's elite. He's literally elite at everything besides shooting the three and, and, and a little bit of inside shooting. But um, he has so much room to develop. I know he hasn't. He's kind of 24. He kind of needs to step up. I I know. I know. I know people are going to disagree with me. But I think it's way harder to teach defense than it is to teach offense. Um, Offense is all about repetition, putting in practice. But defense is hard, you know? So that's my opinion, and that's my pick. Um, So, yeah, Ben Simmons.
0: I would have to disagree on the room for improvement, man. I mean, looking at Ben Simmons now, okay, so he's a great rebounder. He'll guard one through five. I get that. But my one gripe against Ben is it's a playoff series. It's game seven, right? And it's five minutes left in the fourth quarter. How are you guarding Ben Simmons? You're not. You're standing five feet below from the three point line and you're daring him to shoot. And what you're doing is you're saying, we'll let you drive and do a post hook, whatever little offhand post hook you want. We're not getting Seth Curry a corner three. We're not getting Danny Green or Tobias Harris a corner three. And Bede will not get the ball in the post. The one thing they do is, He's the weak link on offense, so he can't be number four for me. But going back to Donovan Mitchell real quick, the sky is the limit for him, but he needs to get out of Utah. There is no way, no way you are winning a championship with the Utah Jazz as Rudy Gobert is your second best player on that team. He's a great facilitator. The one thing I like about him is that he's a combo guard. He's 6'4", 6'5", so he also plays a lot of point uh, for that team. He can get his shots too. I really like it and his track record is immaculate this guy as a rookie took down russell westbrook paul george carmelo anthony and beat him in five games next season he was an all-star his sophomore year and then this year he's another all-star number one team in the west the most important thing for me is the pre all-star and the post all-star he's averaging 24 pre 29 post so i like to see how they elevate their game when it counts when it matters But the one thing is he reverts to hero ball too much. Too many times I see him try to get into a shootout with the other team's best player. I don't think that's going to be too effective going on. Aaron, how do you feel about Donovan Mitchell at four? And maybe if you have somebody else there.
3: Donovan Mitchell, much lower on my list, actually. Uh, My number four is a bit of a different pick from you guys. Uh, I think this guy is a very good player, supremely efficient, plays elite defense. He's the future of the NBA big man. It's Bam Adebayo. I love him. Huge fan of his. He comes up clutch in the playoffs. He does a regular season. He can guard one through five. I love Bam Adebayo. Number four. I think he's gonna have a great career. Again, this is this is this we're saying. This is for the projecting the future. This isn't necessary into the future. Nyree, I see your face. So, do you
0: want to add anything onto that?
4: Yeah, um, I didn't say Bam's name yet, but he is coming up soon on my list. I think he is one of the most versatile bigs in the game he's only 23 years old uh, um sorry 23 years old and he shows up both on offense on defense he can match up against anyone you want re- considering he really isn't even that big for a big he shoots over 55% from the field i love watching him i saw from last year to this season his mid-range jumper got so much better and i see his i see that happening with his perimeter shoot i see that happening from the three point line like next season the season after So I see a lot of potential in Bam, and I'm very excited to see where he goes. But he could play defense. He can handle the ball. I give him like two years, and you'll see a big difference in his perimeter shooting.
0: Yeah, so two quick things before we keep going on. Like they said, basketball isn't just about shot making. That's half of the game. The other half is playing defense, making the right reads, being in the passing lanes, you know, uh, setting screens when you need to. The IQ is a big part of it, too. It's not just hitting step-back jumpers. That's only... Thirty percent of the NBA, but going on my number four. I know none of you guys said it, but I got to do it. It's D Book, Devin Booker. I, I the disrespect that Devin Booker is getting. Don't we realize that the first season where he actually gets a good running mate, they're the number two seed in the West. D Book is one of those players like Donovan Mitchell, like Nairi said, where he has grit. He comes from that Kobe cloth. He's not trying to be friends on the court. You saw him and PG going at it. He called PG a bitch. He said, "Yo." I'm not I'm not your friend on the court. I know what you did last year. I don't fuck with it. Uh, Aaron, how do you feel about Devin Booker, man? Because I got more to say about it. I mean, Jay, you just said that shot making is only half the game. And now you're picking
3: a guy whose only skill is shot making. So I got to disagree with you here. He doesn't play any defense. His playmaking isn't particularly good. His IQ is, is not. It's not there. He doesn't have any IQ. He's just a great shot maker. That's all he can do. So uh, he's going to have to really figure it out. I don't know if he and we'll see Ken. what do you think
1: Aaron? i'm so glad you brought this up because devin booker is a literal traffic cone on defense this man does not do anything he hides he hides on defense you never see him picking up the other team's best player chris paul is already always guarding their best point guard now there's a reason devin booker doesn't make the all-star team until somebody gets hurt and he goes in as a selection it's Listen to all the sports centers people. They're like, "Oh, the Chris Paul sons." You know, I understand Devin Booker, elite on the offensive end, seven youngest player to ever drop seventy. That's not what I'm arguing with. I'm arguing with he does not shoot good from three. He's does not shoot good from the field. He's he's he makes tough shots, sure, and he's a great player, but he's 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 still a very limited and not cannot be
0: number four. You see, I don't like this defensive argument, man, because if he had. The people on his team were drafted to do that job. Chris Paul is a five-time all-defensive team. Why would you put him on somebody else when Chris Paul is the best defensive point guard in maybe the league? You have Cam Johnson. You have Mikhail Bridges. Two two two-way wings who were drafted to take that responsibility off of Devin Booker's shoulders. The reason I took D-Book, I get it. He's a shot maker, and I just said, that's not all the game. But when the playoffs come around, I really trust that D-Book, We'll go head-to-head, toe-to-toe with the other team's best player, and he will he will hold his weight. He will do what he needs to do. Uh, Aaron, anything you want to say? Any rebuttals about that?
3: Yeah, we have data on D-Book when he was the guy on his team, and his defense was still terrible. I mean, there's, just, there's not really much else to say about it. Chad?
2: I must say the argument you're making for Booker is the complete opposite or flip-flop of the argument I'm making for Ben Simmons. He's he's the same thing, but defense. So, I mean, I I still stand by my decision for him at the fourth.
0: Well, yeah, here's the thing. I mean, if you're in the playoffs and you want to say, hey, you know what? Let's just put D book in a pick and roll every single time. All right, do that. It's not like you're putting Kemba Walker in a pick and roll or Lou Williams in a pick and roll. It's Completely different. The guy's six, six. He can hold his weight on defense. He's not the best at it. I get it for me. He may be a little high, but I'm telling you, D book is the truth. I truly believe that Donovan Mitchell over D book it's it's choosing hairs right now for me because I know Donovan Mitchell may be a better passer, but I just haven't seen D book in the playoffs. And I think after this season, you guys will agree with me. But after that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to discuss five through eight. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Dope. Thanks for sticking with us. We are back going to discuss five through eight. So let's just hop right into it. My number five, here comes all the controversy. Lamelo Ball is my number five. Yeah, uh, let's just hear how people think about that before I get into it. Chad, how do you feel about Lamelo Ball as number five in the top twenty-five or top ten under twenty-five?
2: I love Lamelo. I think he's a great player and he shows amazing amount of potential. His IQ is actually incredible for his age. Um, but that's that's just it. He's he's a rookie. You know, we don't have that much of a sample size at the current state right now to really give him that number five spot. He, he might make a list. He's not on mine. He's an honorable mention for sure. But I think that's too high for me. Yeah,
3: I agree with that. I don't think I've seen enough from the mellow yet to, uh, to give him that high of a spot for sure. I just don't, uh, may- maybe another year or two of what we're seeing right now and I'll be there, but I'm not there yet. Cam.
1: Same thing with, uh, I agree with you and, you and Chad. I mean, he's not too small of a sample size to put him on my list. He's not on it. He definitely has the potential to be on it, and if he maybe if he maybe would have finished the rest of the year, then I could put him on my list. But I didn't see enough games. I know he was I know he had it when he was on the court, but I got to see more.
4: I agree. I um also wouldn't put Lamelo as number five on the list. I think that is way too early. I could see him deeper on the list on anybody's but way too early even though I feel like out of all the rookies we have seen the most from him just because of his like basketball like career prior to the NBA we have seen a lot from him but I think number five is too early but I bring him up later so I'll talk about it again.
0: All right so let me just make my case for Lamelo at five because the slander is out of this world. First of all, LaMelo Ball is a better passer and rebounder than everybody on this list except for Luka and Bam Adebayo. Jason Tatum, better rebounder, better passer. Donovan Mitchell, passes better, rebounds better. Shoots the three better than D-Book and Tatum did in their rookie season. But here's where it comes down for me, man. Here's how it comes down to me. When he was on the bench before he started starting, he was averaging 15, 5, and 6 as a bench player, right? What happens once he becomes a starter? He goes to 26 and 6. 20 points, 6.7 rebounds, 6.2 assists. The fact that he's doing that at a rookie level, and it's not only just stats. They were winning. They were the four seed before he got injured. This guy's a winning player. He's age 19. So you guys can make your case. Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum. They're five years older than this guy. Five years. He shoots the three. 37% 37% already. And the one biggest gripe coming out of coming out of high school, or I guess Australia, was that he wasn't a good shooter, that his shot was fucked up. He can shoot the ball. He passes better than anyone but Luka. He's already an elite rebounding guard. At his age, I don't see why he doesn't get that nod. I get it. You want these guys who are already proven. But you're going to give me somebody who's averaging 20 points, 6.7 rebounds, and 6.2 assists? In two months as a rookie, come on, man, not many people do that. And the one thing about LaMelo is a lot of free agents are going to see this and say, you know what, I'll go play in Charlotte. I'll go play with that dude because I know I'll get the ball. I just need to see more before I can rank him on this list. I think you made a good argument. I just, I can't do it. But why more? Like, what more do you need to see out of him? I'm I'm actually, I'm actually curious. Nairi, maybe you could help me out with that because I don't know what else I need to see. He shoots the three well. He's a great I mean, passer, a great rebounder.
4: Yeah, I have him on my list also, later on my list. I think he's one of the most entertaining players in the NBA. I love watching him. I mean, I could watch him play all game long. Prior to breaking his wrist, we have seen so much improvement from his first game to where he ended before he got injured. He's putting up historic numbers for being 19 years old, which is absolutely crazy. So I do see why you have him on the list, but I do see other players that I could see grow more than LaMelo Ball, and that's why he's not that early on my list.
0: Who is your number five, Aaron, if we're staying on number fives? Uh,
3: It's B.I. Great scorer, great playmaker. The defense was not there previously, but it's starting to come around a bit this year. His defensive plus minus is coming up. I think his, his ceiling is KD. I mean, look at him. They got similar builds, similar play styles. He gets buckets and shoots just like him. I got B.I. at number five, projecting to the
0: future, obviously. Uh, any controversy, any debate about that, Cam and, Cam and Chad?
2: B.I. is on my list, but same as LaMelo. I mean, it's just a little too, too uh, high on the list for me.
0: So then uh, who's your number five?
2: My number five is uh, Devin Booker. Okay. Cam? were exchangeable for me, interchangeable. Yeah. Devin Booker's also my number five. I mean,
1: I can't argue with his production on the offensive end. He's an elite. He's an elite scorer. He does everything right. Got to clean up the shooting splits just a little bit. Like, as you mentioned, I mean, what I want to say about LaMelo is lots of people shoot the three better than Devin Booker. So there's actually 47 players in the NBA right now that are shoot above 40 percent and D-Book's nowhere close to that. So one of the things he needs to do on that end is get that get those efficiency numbers up a little bit to really take the next step for me. But he's still my number five.
0: And then Nairi, who's your number five if you do not agree with LaMelo?
4: Um, My number five is Bam, and I did touch on that when Aaron brought him up as his number four. But, again, I think he could basically do anything he wants after he just gets better at his perimeter shooting. I think he's going to be one of those versatile bigs in the league.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So let's move on to number six because six is where I had Donovan Mitchell. But I want to hear everybody else's six, and let's start off with Aaron, and then let's go to Cam.
3: Yeah, so I got Jalen Brown there. I think he's the prototypical two-way wing in the modern NBA. He can shoot, he can get his own shot, play, make, pass the ball. I think he can pretty much do everything at a good, not necessarily elite level. I think he fits really well with the Celtic system. They just need some better role players around him. Um, and I think he's going to have a great career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. B.I. for me is, uh, I don't know, because he's a shot maker. I get it. He's long. He has it, but. Who's he going to p- be paired with? What team is he going to be able to thrive on? Because when I think about these projections, I'm not thinking about how many all-stars is this guy going to have or how many points is he going to average. I'm thinking about how he can produce in the playoffs when it comes and it matters most. So uh, how do you feel about B.I., uh, Chad? I mean, I love I love B.I. I, he's, he's on my
2: list. Um, but something I want to say uh, real quick, because I know it's just talked about by Nairi, is number six for me... Is, um, is Bam Adebayo. Uh, I think he's, the, he's uh, the ideal center. He can do everything. Uh, and uh, believe it or not, he actually just hit the buzzer beater against the Nets about uh, five minutes ago. So it shows he's clutch. They were in the finals last year. Last year so I think the you know, sky's the limit for him.
0: Yeah, playoff experience for these young guys is absolutely crucial, which is why Donovan Mitchell has a leg up on a lot of these guys. I still have Devin Booker above him, but Donovan has that playoff experience. Bam has it now. Tatum has it now, you know? Luka got it last year against Kawhi and PG, some experience, but I like that we're talking about bigs because people say that the era of the bigs are gone, but it's really not, man. The two best players for MVP right now, Jokic and Bede. You have bigs like Sabonis. You have bigs like Julius Randle, who's been on an absolute tear. We won't talk about him too much, but the bigs are coming back. They're not the same back you down, turn around, post hook bigs. But instead, they're. I can go out to 17 feet, hit a midi. I can do a pick and pop, go to the three. I can still defend the paint like the bigs in the 90s and the early 2000s used to do. But my skill set is just a little more developed than what they used to be. So I like Bam at six. Uh, Cam, who do you have at six?
1: I got Ben Simmons at six, actually and bam obviously is still a very good player but ben simmons for me is just phenomenal i love i know he can't shoot and that's obviously a big thing for me as somebody who's constantly preaching the three-point argument but i just i he's just so fluid with the ball as he's he's a top three defensive player in the league right now in the in rating and efficiency and blocks and steals every every single thing so for me he's still up there and he still gets
0: my number six spot uh if i'm a houston rocket fan i will always always hate the rockets gm and owner and despise them for not doing that trade with the sixers Tillman fortitta could have had ben simmons on the rockets as we speak but instead he said no for some reason i'm going to take Brooklyn's offer, which gave me Ola Depot. I didn't even want Karis Lavert. These draft picks that aren't going to help me out in the future, it, it just pains me to see because wishing my one wish was seeing Harden and Embiid together in the playoffs. That would be an absolute terror of a duo. Personally, I think Harden and Embiid are beating Durant and Kyrie in the playoffs. That's just how I feel about it. And <sighs> Ben Simmons is a great player. I just can't do it, man. I, I can't do it. Where he plays great defense, but when I'm guarding him, I'm sagging off six feet, and I'm saying I'm giving him that Draymond Green treatment. You know, like uh, Draymond can keep getting triple singles all he wants; it's cool. But I just don't think it's it's top six, top seven worthy. Nairi, how do you feel about Ben Simmons?
4: Okay, um, I'm actually not the biggest um, Ben Simmons fan. I just don't really see that much growth in his game right now. I mean, I know you guys critique him a lot for shooting, but like people that don't shoot, they figure out other ways to figure it out. Like he drives in and he could post up and do his thing. I mean, like Russ, he can't shoot well. People back up, let him shoot, but he doesn't need that. He'll split the defense. He'll drive right to the hoop. That's exactly what basketball is about. You figure it out, do what you do best. But he's definitely not my number six. I could bring up my number six right now if you guys want me to, or I could wait if you have something to say.
0: Yeah, uh, hold on one second. I'll give it right back to you. The thing about Simmons for me is that I don't think that his team is built for him to succeed. I don't think you need a dominant big man who eats up the paint for Simmons. You need him to be able to do that. I think for Simmons, you need him to be that point forward. You need to spread the ball out, have shooters on the perimeter, kind of like Giannis, where even Brooke Lopez is stepping out, hitting threes consistently. And just let him go to work with all that open space around him. Because Ben Simmons, in the open court, top five player in the league. He's 6'10". He runs like a point guard, runs like a shooting guard. And you're not stopping him if he's ahead of steam. Aaron, we see your faces. So let's bring it up. Uh, Talk about why you're upset. And then right back to Nairi for her number six. I
3: just, Ben Simmons can't shoot. And he doesn't even seem to try to shoot at all. Whereas I have guys on this list, obviously, that can't shoot. But they're working on it, you know. Bam's shown growth in his free throws in mid-range. I'm assuming his three will eventually come along. Zion's starting to show some growth in his three-pointer. But Ben Simmons is just – he's not even taking him. He's scared. He's scared. He's too timid. He's too scared. He can't get it done in the playoffs. There's no way it's going to happen for him. I just don't see him ever coming out of that. I mean, it's been, what, five years now he's been in the NBA, and he hasn't changed at all. He's the exact same player. I think he is who he is. He's not getting a whole lot more growth. That's what I see in Ben Simmons.
4: For my number six, I have Jamal Murray, and I was debating putting him at my number six, but then I was just kind of reflecting on, like, what I've seen from him, and I've seen such a big difference in his game from even last season to this season. Really sad he just tours ACL, so he won't be with us for the rest of the season. But I think he's, like, very overshadowed by, like, having Jokic on his team, because, like, Jokic is all... The talk when like the nuggets are brought up, but I've seen like a really big jump from him. I mean, he shoots over or he shoots almost 50% from the field and 40% from the perimeter. He has top notch ball handling skills, and I think he's an amazing number two player for Jokic. Like, I think they fit really good and work really well together.
0: Yeah, my number six actually is a teammate of both of them, but it's not them. It's Michael Porter Jr. He's 6'10, and I like you said, he's being hid behind Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic where he's I'm telling you if you gave Michael Porter Jr. his own team he's averaging 21 points right now a game this guy is fluid has a great shot he has that swag and that confidence too where you saw him hit the three turn around before it even goes in where he knows I'm good I know I'm nice and I'm going to play like I know I'm nice Michael Porter Jr. is really good to me 6'10 can guard your best defensive player can hit shots can space the floor can also finish around the rim we saw him absolutely murder Montrezl Harrell in the bubble with that dunk. I think MPJ is the future of the league. Someone who's just as tall as KD, 6'10", 6'11", but can hit that shot consistently too and has a little more mass, a little more weight behind him than someone like Kevin Durant. How do you feel about Michael Porter Jr. camp?
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Michael Porter Jr. He's obviously I already told you that Ben Simmons is six on my list, but I'm not mad with your pick here, and I can definitely understand the reasoning. Obviously, we saw him in the bubble just coming down. He 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 also like mirrors like that KD flow, like just like you said, like he's literally just gonna come down and yank a three, and he's six ten super deep in your mouth. And there's not a whole lot you can do about it because you can't really contest it when he's released with his such a high release point. Injuries have been a concern. That's why he's not as high on my list. I mean, he's struggled to stay healthy. And, like, I, I understand the potential. And, like, I – but injuries have been bothering him since college. That's my main – that's my main problem with him. But I really do think he has the ability to really become that player.
0: Yeah, perfect segue, man. I remember being in high school, and I was watching Ball Is Life mixtapes with Michael Porter Jr. just absolutely demolishing everybody, him and Trey Young, demolishing everybody. And I was like, dude, this guy's going number one. He goes to Missouri, has the back injury, slides all the way down to number 14. The Clippers had back-to-back picks. They had 12 and 13. They picked Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, not a bad pick, and Jerome Robinson. It kills me to think that Jerry West had two opportunities to get this guy and said, nah, I'm going to pass on him. He could be helping out a lot of other teams than the Denver Nuggets, but the Nuggets got a good one Like Nairi said earlier, they got Jamal Murray, too. So the Nuggets' future is so, so bright. If they can be healthy, all be healthy. Like I said, I'm a Lakers fan. And my one thing was we do not want to see the Nuggets in the first round. You do not want to see healthy Nuggets. But with Jamal Murray out, now I would say you probably want to see the Nuggets in the first round. Um, Nairi, how do you feel about Michael Porter Jr.? He may not be your sixth, but how do you feel about him as a projection?
4: Yeah, um, I really like um, Michael Porter Jr. also. I think he has, I mean, last year when I was watching him on the Nuggets, I was sitting there, my best friend is like the biggest Nuggets fan, and I'm like, he's going to be like one of the best players on one team that he's on one day. So I think he has great, a great future in front of him in the league. Um, doing it all right. Um, I definitely agree with you, but he isn't in my top 10.
0: Aaron, how do you feel about uh, Michael Porter Jr.?
3: I love him. Uh, But the back injuries scare me. A back injury is something that can really linger, can really come back and bite you later in your career. Um, So that really worries me from him. But if he can stay healthy, as with most of these guys, really, sky's the limit. Chad, what do you think?
2: I think it's all about, like you said, it's the injuries. Like, if it wasn't for injuries, Kristaps would be in my uh, list, you know? So um, it's just holding him back
0: too much. Oh, man, imagine a healthy Kristaps with Luka Doncic. That was my one wish when he went to the Dallas Mavericks. I said Luka finally got his dude. He got his running mate. They can build that European duo for the next decade, but Cam called it. Kristaps is a traffic cone on defense now. If you have him on the three-point line, point guards, shooting guards are salivating, knowing I can just get him off the hezi, get that first quick step, and he's not recovering. So Cam, add on to that.
1: Man, I remember when you kept trying to tell me that Kristaps is better than Giannis, and I was like, yeah, no, you're tripping.
0: (laughs) Healthy, healthy. I will die on that grave. That healthy Kristaps who hits 40-foot pull-ups from half court and was one of the best defenders in the league, I'll take that guy over Mr. I-can't-get-it-done-in-the-playoffs. But let's take another quick break. When we come back, we'll go through 7 through 10, and uh, we'll finish it up. But stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, so we are back. And to me, this was the hardest part of the of the uh, list, the end, because you're choosing Harris, you're splitting hairs. When it comes to seven through 10, we have honorable mentions that we'll mention also. But seven, I'll just start with mine. Mine was Jamal Murray. Uh, Nairi said that he was six for her. Jamal Murray, I get it. The regular season stats may not be what you want, but I don't care if the playoff stats are what they look like. We saw him not only in the bubble do what he did, because Cam's always saying this. He did it also in the playoffs before. They beat the Spurs in seven. He was an integral part of that series. They go against the Blazers, and it goes seven, and he was going toe-to-toe with these guys. I don't like the bubble argument, so Cam, I'm going to throw it to you. Jamal Murray, this is not a fluke thing for the Nuggets or any other team in the bubble, including the Heat.
1: I'm just going to leave out the, uh, the whole bubble argument because we've had that talk, like, literally hundreds of times, but I'm going to address Jamal Murray and why he's not on my list because I I realized how good of a player he is. And he, even his performances in the bubble and in the playoffs before he does look like Steph Curry at times, he's got all the moves. he, He, the way he can get off the ball and get his shot off is so entertaining to watch. But my problem with him Is I'm not seeing him getting better. He has the ability to, but he hasn't been doing it. He's been the same player for the last couple of years now. He's not taking, look at his numbers. They're not taking jumps. That's my problem with him. And Jokic is literally setting him up and is the best player on his team. So that's why he's not on my list.
0: Uh, I'd have to disagree with you, Aaron. I'll get you in a second. Jokic helps him, but he also helps Jokic. That one, two center point guard. You know, just back and forth screen, giving it back to each other. That works out so well for Jokic. Makes his job so much harder that he has a torn ACL now. I don't want to hear it anymore, Cam. That is absolute blasphemy. He hasn't gotten better. The dude who's hitting left pull-up floaters over Anthony Davis isn't getting any better. I'll ask you one question before I go to Aaron. Would you rather Jamal Murray, who has mediocre regular season stats and amazing playoff stats, or would you rather have Paul George, who has amazing regular season stats and crumbles in the playoffs. You tell me. i
1: want Paul George, bro. You're going to get mad at me, but I want Paul George, bro. I don't,
0: oh, that's cap. That's cap. Aaron, what,
3: Aaron, how do you feel about this? So, first off, I do have Jamal Murray at seven. I love him in the playoffs. Uh, he's gotten more efficient every year he's been in the league. I don't know where Cam's getting that he hasn't gotten better from. His true shooting has literally increased every single year, so... Cam, I don't know where you're getting your numbers, but you need a better spot for him. Uh, Jamal Murray, my number seven.
4: Yeah, on um, Jamal Murray, he might not be like producing the numbers that you want to see him produce, but he is very efficient and he is getting more efficient every season. And I guess that is what matters. You don't want someone to be taking all these shots and just having more points because they're just taking all those shots, but he's efficient. So that's why I also have Jamal, Murray early on my list, and I agree with Aaron and Jay
0: on that one. Yeah, Cam, you have to realize, like, it's Jokic is an MVP candidate. Michael Porter Jr. is averaging, like, what, 16 for them. Now you have Aaron Gordon, Will Barton. Jamal Murray doesn't need to average 30 points a game. He doesn't need to have 27. He does his role, but I'll tell you what, though. When the game comes down, the clutch in the playoffs, who's the ball going to? To two people. It's going to Jokic or it's going to Murray. It's not going to those other players. And I'm telling you, we've seen him do it before. And history tends to repeat itself. So I think that he'll do it again. Any last words or rebuttals before we move on to uh, who else do you have at number seven? Give me your seven.
1: I'm definitely going to give, I will give him his props. He does have, him and Jokic have some one of the best pick and roll games in the league. But, and I understand your argument that like he doesn't have to do as much as some of these other players do because he does have the talent around him. And there are more players that can take the pressure off him. But for me, it's just, I can't, I can't do it. My number seven is somebody we've already talked about. I got I got BI on there. I mean, we've already, we've I feel like we've already touched on him a pretty good amount. Just young KD looks good. Gets plays with Zion too. I mean, I don't understand why the Pelicans keep losing games, bro. They have enough talent on their roster. They should be doing better than they are. But what one thing that worries me about BI, and honestly, just the Pelicans overall is why are they last in defensive rating in the league as a team? There's enough with Steven Adams and Zion and B.I. There's enough length on that team. You got Jackson Hayes coming off the bench. They shouldn't be the worst defensive team in the league, and they are. So B.I.'s really got to take a next step on the defensive end. He's plenty long enough, and I just I don't understand why they're still holding back. But, yeah, he's my number seven.
0: Yeah, so I'll tell you exactly why they're not doing any better. It's because they're still in the the ancient times, which I love the ancient times, but we can't do it now in the NBA. Stan Van Gundy, he... Is The way he coaches defense, they're letting up the most attempts from the three in the season. The Pelicans game plan is we're not going to give you twos. We're going to let you yank up threes. And that's why you see these blowouts because they're just giving teams three pointers and you can't do that in today's NBA. Take it away. Jay, uh, that might be one of the funniest things you've ever said, that you love
1: the ancient times. And I'm so glad that you like to live in your old head ways with the mid-range shots. But you literally just make the point that I make all the single time. And they need to start defending the three-pointer. And with how long Brandon Ingram is, there is no excuse why they're getting off so many open threes. And that's where I really need to see him take the next step for him to be higher on my list.
0: So quick question to Nairi. What's your favorite era of NBA basketball?
4: Um, I would honestly have to say like right before that 2016 Warriors game, because I love, I mean, KG, Kevin Garnett, one of my all-time favorite players, even though, no, Boston, but I love KG. Dirk, I mean, I just love that whole play style back then. I feel like it wasn't, it was, it was moving. It was mid-range shots were happening more. Posting up was declining. But right when that like Golden State era came The whole game just switched into shooting, which I've brought up before. I'm not a fan of.
0: Yeah, so why aren't you a fan of it? Is it more for how the game looks, how it's played, or you just don't like the stats being too much into the game?
4: No, I mean, obviously it looks good when Seth is just, like, throwing up shots and they're just going in from feet, feet, and feet away. But I miss, like, the whole dominant, let me – put my body against you, NBA. Like, I miss seeing that. And that's why Russ is my favorite player. And I'm sorry I said this again, but I just love how dominant he is. I love that he's aggressive. I love that he go. I mean, last season, he was leading the league in points in the paint and he's a point guard. Like, that shouldn't be, ha- like, that's supposed to be a big man's duty. Like, why-, why does he have that? You know, that's not supposed to be what he's doing, but he was doing that. And that's why I love him. I feel like the league, I I need I need more from it. I just can't
1: do all the shooting. Nairi, me and Aaron are about to come for your neck real quick. But uh, one thing I'm gonna say is the I know I know you guys like to live in your uh, the mid range days. And Russell Westbrook was one of my favorite players of all time previously. Ask Aaron. I used to be the biggest supporter about him back in his MVP days. I watched him put a 57 point triple double against the Magic during his MVP year. I love watching him play, but he can't shoot. He was. That's the main problem with him. And he's made his team lose in the playoffs. Jay, don't get me started on this. But um, the greatest way the NBA is, is going now is towards the three pointer. Steph Curry made it this way. So there's no way we can go back. Every single year, the total amount of three pointers that is taken is broken every single year. All, it's just going to keep increasing. There's going to be less and less big men, and that's why Bam Adebayo is on this list too because he's a 6'9". Six, he's, six, he's working on the three,
3: and that's the future of NBA centers. Here's the problem, Jay. An average mid-range shot goes in 40% of the time. You know how far back NBA players go until a three-point shot is worth the same points per shot as an average mid-range at 40%? 35 feet, where NBA players shoot 27% from, from 35 feet away. A 35 foot shot from an average player is worth the same as a mid range from an average player. I mean, there's just no point to ever shoot a mid range. That's why the three is so dominant. It's a simple math equation.
0: And that's why we talked about errors, man. This is laughable to me. My favorite error was 09 to like 14, where you had Kobe, you had Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, you had the art of the mid range, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's one of the best players of all time. He wasn't a three-point shooter. He lived in the mid-range. You're telling me Dwayne Wade should just abandon it and go back to the three? No, not at all. You're telling me LaMarcus Aldridge. If he played today, he would. A... If,
3: if, if Dwayne Wade played today, he would have a similar offensive efficiency profile to Jamal Murray. I completely He'd disagree. You'd be coming off screens. You can disagree all you want, but we, we, we're seeing it right now. We're seeing it. There's a reason people don't shoot mid-range. It's because they're not an efficient shot. It's not worth shooting. Cam, what else do you have to say? I know you like this, too. Aaron, you're literally just spitting facts and they
1: don't want to hear it. But I got an interesting thing for Jay real quick. So I know you're I know you aware that the uh, for the, the league average for uh, three-point efficiency is around 33%. Do you want to take a guess for me how many players this season are above 36%? Just just take a guess for me. For what, threes, you said? Yeah, like how many players in the NBA you think right now are shooting over 36% from three?
0: I'd say 37
1: Dog, there are 116 players in the NBA that are above 36%. Oh, I thought you meant percentage of players. Oh, yeah, no, percentage. And then there's 47 players that are above 40% from three. So you need to just understand, old head, that we are going this direction in the NBA. Everybody needs to shoot threes. The mid-range is a dying shot. You know what? While while we're here,
0: since we're here, let's just stay here for a second, man. And let's just completely disregard what we're talking about for a second here. Here's the thing about the three-point shot. You may like it. The stat nerds who sit in their, in, in their house eating hot Cheetos off their stomachs can like the three-point shot. That's fine. The thing is, though, the viewership is not going to like that. You don't understand how viewership goes down because when I watch NBA games and I'm an NBA, a huge NBA fan, I'll turn the TV off if I see seven straight chuck-up threes contested. When there's a wide-open MIDI available, they say no. I'm going to take a two steps back Wait for the defender to come up to me and then launch a corner three. It's the dumbest, most idiotic thing I have ever, ever witnessed in the league. I know maybe the stats may support you, but I'm telling you, man, the viewership, the ratings, the NBA needs to find a fix to this problem immediately. Aaron, you are a boomer. Call me a boomer, man. That's fine. Chad Adams.
2: I don't have any statistics or anything like that to bring up, but as a, as a viewer, as, as someone who watches basketball pretty often, I, I love, you know, variety. And like you said, if I'm just seeing three-pointer after three-pointer and I'm not seeing bodies on bodies or, you know, contest layups, stuff like that, it's not exciting to watch. And, and, and that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, the basketball court is – there's three ways to score in basketball. Nairi, I'm going to come to you after this. There's three ways to score in basketball. There's layups, there's mid-range shots, and there's three-pointers. Isaiah Thomas, the great IT two-time NBA champion, took down the Bird Celtics, took down the the Showtime Lakers. He said on an interview, you know why James Harden won't win a ring by himself? You know why he'll never be the best player on a championship team to win a ring? Because he's too easy to guard. And you may say, what? He's the best ISO player of all time. When the playoffs come down, I've never seen James Harden take a mid-range shot in the last four years. I've not seen take one mid-range shot. So what you're saying is in the playoffs, don't guard the don't guard the three, guard the paint. If he's in the mid-range, just sag off. He's not shooting it. You have to utilize every part of the court to win a championship. Nairi, add on to that, please.
4: Um, I agree with you, Jay. I also want to say that I do think it could take one or two individual players to influence the game back to what it was i want to turn it back to our list i think zion could actually be be a big part of making this league like more dominant in the paint for the big man and just like bringing that back up so i just think it could take one two three a couple players to make the league more diverse as it was
0: but we are on this for a little too much let's get back to the list number seven cam did you say yours already if not we'll go to number eight. Because my number eight would have to be Jalen Brown. We talked about it before, Jalen Brown. The, what's the word, the growth that he's had is absolutely incredible. Seeing him rookie year to now, he had 42 against, uh, I forgot who they played when he had 42, but the skill moves, the dribble moves, the packaging, the finishing. and He also defends the best player on the other side of the court. Jeez, man. uh, I really like Jalen Brown. Any other Jalen Brown supporters? Chat.
2: I also have Jalen Brown. You know, I, I think for all the right reasons that you just said, I, he deserves to be on this list. It's a good spot for him. Um, and he's a, he's a great sidekick for uh, Tatum right now.
1: Yeah, I love that combo with Tatum. He's also my number eight. That's weird how we all have him in the same place. But nobody, nobody else brought up 40% from three as well. He took a huge step this season. I mean, I love to see the progression, and as you also mentioned, he's an elite, def- not an elite defender, but an above-average defender, and he is guarding the other team's best player most nights. With him and Tatum, that's a good thats a good dynamic duo right there. They just got to get the right pieces around him, and I really think they
0: they should be able to take that next step. I don't know if they will. All right, so that will honestly bring us into the next thing. I don't have this guy in my top ten, but the way you guys are talking about the three and the two it doesn't seem like any of you guys have either. He's in my honorable mentions before we go to number 8, 9 and 10. Jaw Morant. Ja Morant, can we talk about Jaw a little bit? He's on the Memphis Grizzlies by himself and the last 2 years he's led them to a playoff spot. I don't think people I think people underestimate how important that is. That Jaw, Grayson Allen, right? Jonas Valančiūnas. These guys are in the 8 seed in the Western Conference beating the Pelicans, beating the Warriors, beating all these other teams. Let's show some love to Ja. Nairi, how do you feel about Ja Morant? And let's see if he listed into your top 10.
4: Yeah, I have Morant actually as my seven. I know I didn't get to bring it up when we were talking about it, but he was my seven. Because if we're talking about potential, I see him having the most potential out of most guys that we have talked about. I mean, he's not the best from the perimeter, but he's aggressive. He has great playmaking abilities. He's dominant only thing I would say is he needs to learn how to land better when he dunks he takes the ball to the hoop a lot and he's just very immature way of finishing but I think once he gets that down I mean sky's the limit I think he's gonna be awesome
0: yeah this is a what have you done for me lately league this isn't a what did you do two years ago lately the last 12 games he's shot 16 for 37 on three pointers that's 43 percent Aaron what's your take on John Morant how he can fare in the future and his projection going on I mean, it's pretty simple to me. He just got to work on
3: the three-point shot. Uh, it might be coming around, small sample. We'll see what happens uh, in a bigger bigger sample. Um, but he didn't make my top 10. He was close, but he didn't make it. Him and and Fox, I think, are very similar play styles. Um, and they just – I just don't think they're efficient enough to get him in the top 10 for me.
0: All right, so let's hear your number, though. Number eight, who are you taking? Devin Booker. A little later than you guys, um, but he
3: clearly – Clearly top 10 under 25. I don't think that's a question, even though I did have him a little later. I'm going to burst a okay. blood
0: vessel. Cam, what do you want to say?
1: So I got to knock on jaw a little bit real quick. Sorry. I do think he has the ability, but as, as you guys already mentioned, and I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse at this point, 27% from three is just not going to get it done. That's well below the league average. Like I, he can't be on my list and keep shooting threes at that low of a percentage.
0: The thing about jaw is, it's converted into wins, man. He's not just putting up stats and and losing. This guy's on the Memphis Grizzlies who had the number two pick. And then they get the playoffs next two years. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Cam, Nairi said the funniest thing. Said Cam would sleep with Stephen Curry right now, dog. The way you talk about the three-point shot, you and Aaron, is absolutely abysmal. I do not like it at all. I completely and vehemently disagree. But let's go on. Nairi, who's your eight
4: um my number eight is bi Brandon Ingram we did bring him up earlier and we did talk about him I even talked about him a little but I see him growing every single season and I think he's getting better every year good facilitator productive on offense like what I'm seeing from him
0: yeah for Brandon Ingram I don't know if Zion is the right teammate for him to have for his success in the future um I know they're both really good young players. They both get their numbers. But if we're talking about chemistry and fit, I don't know if he's the best player. Honestly, Brandon Ingram put him in a Dallas Mavericks jersey. And now we're talking. You give Luka a secondary scorer like that who can get a shot off the dribble, guard great players on defense, has the length. That seems like a match made in heaven for me. Uh, Chad, do you have your number eight, though? Because it seems like we're getting a lot of repeats.
2: Yeah, my number eight was uh, Jalen Brown. Um, you know, we've talked about him more than enough. So I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of these young guys, I'm glad. I'm very glad they're getting playoff experience early in their career so that when they come and it really matters down the stretch, they know they've been there before. It's not like it's new things. I know Devin Booker has not, which does suck, but let's keep moving on to number nine. My ninth was Bam out of bio all the way down there. I like Bam a lot. I just... I don't know. He's he hasn't been playing that well lately. Um I I don't know how I feel about Bam. I really don't. Someone convinced me why Bam should go higher. Bam is not Bam is
1: also on my ninth, so he doesn't really I don't think he needs to go higher, but as I mean, I feel like I'm just going to say the same things I always say. That dude is going to be the future of the NBA centers. He's 6'8, 6'9, guard pretty much. I okay, maybe not the one, but he can guard 2 through 5 at least. So He's very switchable, very fluid. I love watching him play, and uh, he's definitely on my list.
0: Bam is just in the second tier of centers, though. Like, as good as he wants to be, you'll never be Jokic. You'll never be Embiid, in my personal opinion. So how does he overcome that? To me, Bam is in that DeMontis-Sabonis range, that Julius Randle range, where it's like they're good, they're multifaceted bigs who can get a bucket on the move. Bam, if he can get that mid-range range Like Nairi said earlier, that free throw jumper consistently, he got better at it in the bubble. If he can hit that at a higher rate, that'd be great for his game. But uh, Bam's tough for me. Aaron, what do you want to add?
3: Bam's facilitating. has improved a lot this season. I think that's something we could also see continued growth in the coming years. I think that could really put him over the top. Because, I mean, if you looked at Jokic or Embiid at this point in their career when they're 23, would you have said
0: that they're going to become what they are now? Probably not. Embiid, absolutely. Maybe not Jokic. Nairi, take it away.
4: Okay, yeah. So um, we're talking a lot about Bam not reaching like Embiid's level of play, but Embiid is 27 years old, I think, right now, if you guys could second that. I think he's 27. Bam is 23. And as I said, when I was talking about him earlier, when I put him as like my top five or something, I think in a couple years, he will be at that level, because he is growing every single time he steps on that court. So I see him growing to that level eventually in a couple years.
0: Yeah, I think if you're a coach, the perfect center you want is Bam Adebayo. You can put him at the four. You can put him at the five. You can guard your three, four, and five. He can do a lot for you. The block he had on Tatum was absolutely massive in that game six against Boston. So, you know, we've seen him do it before in the playoffs. But let's keep on moving to the 10, number 10. Uh, I'll start with you, Chad. Who do you have at number 10 and why?
2: Well, something I do want to just say real quick is my number nine because just he, he has not been brought up yet is Trey Young. Um, I know he, he's, he's not the greatest at defense. He's a smaller guy. Um, but his offense, he, he's basically Stephen Curry, but slightly worse at everything. Um, so I, I, he's slightly shorter, he's slightly, you know, less efficient, all that. Um, but I think he deserves a spot. So I got him at my nine.
0: Yeah, Trey Young is a dollar tree, Stephen Curry. Um, it's he, he's, he's not the same dude. What the thing about Trae Young that kind of upsets me is I I like Trae Young, you know? I think he's a great passer, he can shoot the ball well. I don't like how he draws these stupid fouls where someone's on his back and he just throws it up and gets two free throws. I know it gets you points, I get it. I don't like that, but the most important thing I don't like is he is a liability. Say Devin Booker's is a liability? No, Trae Young is a liability. In the playoffs, he will be put in a screen, pick and roll every possession. And they're going to say, all right, go to work. You got Trey on you. ISO go to work. So how do you feel about that cam? Cause I know that you want to get worded.
1: Yeah. I mean, you pretty much, uh, he's my 10th spot by the way. So I shouldn't bring that up yet. I was gonna, you said, you said dollar tree. I'm going to upgrade him a little bit from there. I think he's Walmart Steph Curry. So like if Steph Curry's Publix, we'll put a, uh, we'll put them or him at Walmart. I think Chad hit everything exactly right. Like, he does look like Steph at times. And then there's times where he looks like Tony Snell. You know what I mean? So, like, it really depends on, like, which Trey Young you're going to get. Obviously, his shooting numbers really aren't there yet. But a lot of that is due to he, – he takes bad shots a lot of the times. And super – like, I love his range, though. Like, he's one of the more entertaining players to watch. I know you mentioned you don't like how he, like, jumps into foul calls and stuff like that. Personally, I do like that because he gets lots – he gets way more points doing that, and it helps his numbers for sure. So that's why he gets my 10 spot.
3: Yeah, I have him at 10 as well. And like you said about the defense with Devin Booker, I agree with that. That's why I have him lower than D-Book. Um, but I think the offense is there. It's great. The foul thing is a little a little gimmicky, but it works. You know, it works. And he's a great foul shooter. So when he does get to the line, they're knocked down. So. Big fan of Trey Young. Hope we get to see him in the playoffs this year. We'll see what he can do. Very excited to see him.
4: I agree with you. I mean, his offense is awesome. He's a very entertaining player to watch, but I just think he's an immature player at the end of the day. I don't think he has really set in his basketball skills. I think he has a long way to go, but I don't honestly see him being having that much potential. So I don't have him in my top ten.
0: Yeah. Um I slandered Trey Young, so now I'm gonna flip the switch and give them a little bit of props, man. The Atlanta Hawks right now are sitting in the four seed, sitting in the four seed, and they've had a plethora of injuries this whole season. DeAndre Hunter has been out for an extended period of time. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Bokey just came back from an extended injury. John Collins hasn't been there for the last 10 games, and they're still treading water. They still have their head above water, getting wins, getting huge clutch wins. So, uh, I mean... I got to say, I'm impressed because I used to say that Trey Young doesn't result in wins, but right now they're proving me wrong. So that is our 10 players. Anybody else have another player at 10? Let's hear yours, Cam. Nope. Darren? Alright, so with that then. being said, we will take a quick break and lastly, finish off with our honorable mentions. uh, The guys who didn't get in, but we're close. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Alright, we are back. Last segment before we head on out out of here uh, let's just start with the honorable mentions i'm going to list my three and just have everybody else list their three we may have the same people ben simmons didn't make my list sorry about it he didn't make it i just don't think he has a defense the ben simmons you see right now is the ben simmons you'll see in four years that's what i truly believe i don't think he's going to progress any better that's one of them i have john Morant as my two uh, I like Jaw a lot. I was giving him a lot of support. I think he's leading the Memphis Grizzlies to somewhere they shouldn't be right now. They should be a lot lower in the standings than they are. And then Trey Young. Those are my three honorable mentions for top 10 players under 25. Aaron, let's hear yours.
3: Uh, pretty similar, actually. So Ben Simmons, De'Aaron Fox, Ja Morant, just guys that if they could figure out how to shoot, they would be super elite, but they haven't yet. So we'll see what happens to
0: them. All right, so let's hear from Nairi and then Chad and Cam.
4: Um, I didn't have Michael Porter Jr. in my list, so I want to bring him up as my number one. And then I also want to bring up Colin Sexton, because I think he has great potential, and Jarrett Allen.
0: Yeah, quick thing on Colin Sexton. Young Bull, if you ever want to see some great highlights, just go look at his high school mixtape. That guy was a dog with a rat tail. All right, Chad, keep going.
2: I also have Jaw. of course. I have a little mellow in there because I didn't include him, but he would be 11, 100% for me. Uh, and then Jamal Murray, who I also didn't include, but a big fan. of.
0: So yeah. you buy a Jamal Murray jersey, actually two of them, one got stolen. So you got another one and he doesn't crack your top 10. What's going on about that?
2: He's on the arble. He, he regressed too much this year. And I don't want to bring up the bubble, but I mean, he, he just hasn't done quite as well as he did in the bubble. I mean, you know,
0: one quick thing before I go to Cam is. You knew you found out about Jamal Murray in the playoffs. You didn't know about him in the regular season last year. So what I was going to say is you it's the same thing that happened last year. If you saw him this year in the playoffs, you would have said, man, this guy's the fucking truth again. You know, I just think that the regular season Jamal Murray isn't the same as playoff Jamal Murray. I think you expected to see playoff Jamal Murray in the regular season.
2: Sadly, we won't even see playoff Jamal Murray this season, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, so my honorable mention list is uh, I got
1: two repeats on there with uh, Michael Porter Jr. And Jamal Murray does make my honorable, honorable mention list. But one guy I was really surprised that nobody brought up, especially UJ, because you really love this guy. Shea Gilders-Alexander needs to get a little bit of love on this pod because he's, he's still a nice young guy. He's literally the only, like, player on the OKC team that's, like, tendered for more than, like, the next two years or something. So he's definitely going to be part of their rebuild. I mean, he's 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. Like, those are pretty good splits, like, 23 points, five rebounds, five assists. Like, he's putting up good numbers, too, and he – he almost made my list, but
0: I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah, my only gripe against Shea is that he's on the Thunder. You, you where are you going to be in five years on the Thunder? There's a rebuilding team. I don't think they'll make the playoffs or even scratch it for the next four years. So we'll see what he does. Maybe he'll just be a stack guy. But that will close out our top 10 players under 25. Do some sign-offs, and then we'll get on out of here. Cam, what do you want to say?
1: Uh, this was one of my favorite episodes. I mean, I'm glad we got to get in, uh, into the three point discussion again. It's one of my favorite topics. And uh, it was interesting to hear uh, some of Nairi's opinions. You know, what do you think, Chad?
2: Yeah, I was, it was a great, great episode. Uh, we definitely did get a little sidetracked. We might have to alter the title a little bit to, uh, to adjust to that. But uh, yeah, I'm glad Nairi uh, could take the time to hop on. And it was a great one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We veered off. Uh, we took a sharp left turn there for about 25 minutes but i think it was needed because you guys needed to know how wrong you are nairi give them one more time your outlets how to reach you see speak sports read your blogs and everything
4: yeah well first i want to thank jay and cam for having me on the pod i had a lot of fun um as i said my instagram is speak sports underscore so follow me if you don't already and To get with my blog it's www.speaksports.org and you can subscribe right when you go on the website so thank you
0: yeah absolutely and then last but not least aaron thank you for coming on the podcast man what do you want to say
3: Uh, i just want to say that russell westbrook was a great player in his prime that's about it shout out to him 2016 17 one of the greatest seasons ever shout out my guy russell westbrook
0: Shout out Russ back then, shout out Russ right now. This episode will be going out on a Wednesday or Thursday. So when you see the Matt Nelson FSU Baseball Podcast, listen to that one, and then we'll be waiting here for you right after. Great talk, great segment. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, Without further ado, we'll see you all later and stay tuned. A lot of great guests coming up. Peace.